Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Lowdown. Today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by the CEO of SoccerX, Patrick McCrainer. Patrick, a big warm welcome to the show. Thank you, appreciate you having me. Patrick, as we begin with every guest that comes on the show, could you please take us through your earliest football memory? Wow, my earliest football memory, probably... Liverpool winning the league and cup double in 1986, uh, alongside the World Cup of 86, I think. Well, 86. Who would have been playing back then? So, Liverpool, my heroes were Kenny Dalglish, Ian Rush, Alan Hansen, Bruce Grobelaar. That, you know, amazing team where Kenny Dalglish won the double in, in his first season as um, player manager, which you don't see anymore. Um, but, you know, it was... Uh, Incredible to see him go from one of the best players I've ever, I've ever seen to, you know, managing a team to win the double in his first season while he was still playing as well, which was incredible. And um, Mexico 86, I was seven and um, mesmerised by Diego Maradona, um, who was my firm favourite from a global football perspective. And obviously Diego Maradona, a na one name being there, I mean, he's been acquainted with a, an event you've been come a little bit all too familiar with and that's Soccer X, Patrick. Um, I mean, Soccer X, it's been bringing the global football industry together in a unique commercial environment since 1996. For all of those listening that may not know a bit more about Soccer X, could you please tell us about brand? Yeah, of course. So essentially, you're right. We, we were launched in 1996 by Duncan Reeby, the son of... Um, legendary England and Leeds manager Don, um, with a view to really bringing the football industry together, um, discuss business, what goes on behind the scenes, off the pitch, how to run successful football clubs, federations, leagues, governing bodies. Um, the first one was held at Wembley Stadium. and We'll be hosting our 50th event in Miami this November, which is pretty incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's always a, a brilliantly well-attended event from... Uh, FIFA right the way through the leagues and the pyramids of various league systems but um, we see about 60 countries represented for each event 600 or so professional football clubs come from around the world and listen to thought leadership debate, panel discussions um, all of those sort of things and we have a, a large exhibition area of the event as well where people that have a, a product or service that they would like to offer a football club come to exhibit their wares so to speak um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, an organisation that has been through turmoil during COVID. You know, we, we're, we're essentially an events business and that was difficult, but we, like everybody else, pivoted and did some digital events to keep going and keep working. And then when we came back to Miami last year for what was our first um, physical event in three years, the reception was phenomenal. Um, and actually this year will be even bigger, which is, is pretty incredible. So um, even just looking at, we had 42 exhibitors, I think, last year, and this year we're on course to hit 84, which is fantastic, right? And um, a certain little Argentinian wizard ending up in Miami certainly hasn't hurt us, um, so we're thankful for that too. And I mean, you touched upon it there. This November, it's going to be the 50th event that you know yeah. would have taken place in 21 cities. It's, I mean, Soccer X is it's pretty historic. I mean, it's happened in unique places such as Wembley Stadium, American man, Rio de Janeiro. I mean, you touched upon one of the reasons there being a little Argentinian wizard, but what are the other reasons to factor into, I suppose, the exuberance or the excitement of having Miami as a whole city for Soccer X? 
Well, I think Miami, now we're based there um, with the new ownership group, and um, that's great. So we've got very close links and ties to the city. But I think if you look at the States in general, the obvious one is looking at the World Cup in, in 2026. So there's an obvious interest in in growing a brand or a business in the Americas. Um, but I think the MLS is doing some fantastic work, as are other leagues like the USL and NWSL. So I think if you look at our partners, people like La Liga and Serie A and CONCACAF all having a presence in Miami or at least along the East Coast and the Premier League based in in, in the same area, um, I think you can see the growth is pretty obvious to, to the game in the Americas. It helps that you've got um, you know countries like Mexico that are very close by and a huge uh, South American contingent in Miami in terms of people that live there that bring their love of football to the city. Um, and then we've seen an explosion into Miami as well, um, led by David Beckham and Jorge Mas and, and the management team at Inter. Messi is almost like the uh, the cherry on on top of the cake, right? It's already um, huge in terms of the sport growth in in the US and in Miami in particular. Um, and yeah, he just adds that bit of razzmatazz to it, I think. And I think it's pretty cool as well to touch upon the circumstances in which you took the reins at Socrex, because if I'm not mistaken, you were once former attendee. Yeah, so I've, I've, my background is is kind of commercial publishing and broadcasting. And um, uh, when I ran a, a business called Sports Pro, which most people know is for their events now, it was just a magazine. But um, we launched Sports Pro and worked very closely with SoccerX to produce content. Um, so they were clients of ours. And then I was a media partner and I was a delegate at a few different events. Um, and I always loved it. You know, it combines my my two loves, which is, you know, the commercial world and football. So it was always a business that I'd always you know really enjoyed being a part of in some way shape or form so when the opportunity came to to join nearly four years ago now um I had no plans to you know go back into a kind of corporate hot seat I was happy living by the south coast in the UK getting fat doing the school run um and then suddenly this opportunity came along and um it was it was too good for me to turn down I think I mean so I suppose we substantiate already I mean You've had a quite a rich history between yourself and SoccerX. I mean, combined with even a commercial background in the game of football itself. And you touched upon some of the reasons there is to factoring into Miami's success as a whole city. I mean, I suppose having one eye on the past and one eye on the future and seeing where the puck is going in terms of the growth of football within the US. I mean, post-2026, what sort of football climate do you envisage we will have in the North Americas? It's a really good question. Um, I, I think the next three years are key to that, right? I think one of the things that has always been evident is that the word legacy is always thrown around, right? Whether it's Olympics, Euros, World Cup, whatever it might be, that you know, a lot of the um, uh, the whole pitch from the beginning is we're going to create a, a footballing legacy or a sporting legacy. And if we're honest, I think to date that hasn't really happened. If you look at any major tournament, there's no real legacy to be spoken about whether it's you know from an infrastructure perspective or economically or whatever so i think there's a real challenge to make sure that that changes in the states but you know they're certainly serious about it um and i think if you use the, let's say the messy effect and that spirals and, and you can create almost a new audience of of um, potential players and fans i think that's a huge part of it i think it's a huge country the us right so it's very difficult um, to emulate what happened in Qatar, for example, at the World Cup and having everything pretty close by and being able to be involved in everything. It's not going to be like that. So there are challenges to make sure that each city and state have the same kind of MO to, to, to focus on the growth of the game. But 
knowing a lot of the commercial guys as I do and, and the people that are running the leagues and, and competitions in the region, I think, um, or in the country, certainly, they're very serious about a real legacy beyond 2026. So the next two or three years are really key to that. Um, the growth of the game is evident. It's the fastest growing sport from a playing perspective in the US by quite a long distance. Um, I think I mentioned a while back, it's, you know, unearthed or it's it's moved uh, ice hockey from number four in the most played sports in the US, which I didn't think even that would happen. I don't think it will ever overtake the NBA or the NFL um, or even the MLB because they're, you know, national sports. But it's going to run close, I think, if you look at the, uh, the, the impact of um, youngsters playing the game, there are more than ever before, even from a, a kind of hobby perspective, more people are playing soccer, as they would call it in, in the States than ever before. So there's a real chance that this is is kind of a tournament that awakens a sleeping giant from a footballing perspective, I think, because a lot of people um, are misguided into thinking that the game isn't huge in the States or that people don't care about it. They absolutely do. And do you envisage Soccer X, I suppose, being or continuing to be a key growth partner with respect to North American football? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're cemented for the next three years in Miami, at least with the agreements that we've got in place to host there. Um, I don't see that changing. You know, again, with our, our it's almost our hometown, our adopted hometown is, is Miami. So um, I don't see that changing. And I think that assuming we still see the same trajectory of growth, not just for us, but for the game in itself, because our ethos has always been take care of the game and the business will take care of itself, which was, you know, the strap line in 1996 and it still is now. So, uh, you know, I think as long as the growth continues as it will, I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll always have a presence in Miami. It's very interesting because, I mean, since you've talked to Reigns, I mean, I've heard you in previous podcasts as well before. I mean, you've been very respectful speaking about the basically the people that have set up uh, Soccer X, about the former owners, about what they've done, you know, like being able to highlight blind spots in the football industry and capitalise upon them. But I suppose, I mean, for those listening, could you please take us up to speed on, I mean, what steps you've taken in your reign thus far to grow the brand and I suppose steps in the future to modernise, which is already a cool existing brand in the football market. That's always the most difficult thing to do in football is, is you know, re revitalise a, a brand or not even revitalise, but build on something you already had. You know, you say I'm, I'm respectful to the previous owners and the people that launched soccer. Absolutely. I'm a, you know, a traditionalist by uh, football belief. Right. So I'm, I'm a bit old and I absolutely respect the opportunity that it gave me too. Um, you know, if they hadn't have put that groundwork in, developed relationships all around the world, hosting, hosting events everywhere from the Middle East to Africa to Europe and the US uh, before I came along, there would be no, you know, Patrick McCrae, the CEO of SoccerX, and, and maybe SoccerX wouldn't even be here now. So it was never about reinventing the wheel. It was about building on the good work that had already been done and maybe modernising um, a brand that I wouldn't say got tired, but certainly needed a bit of uh, revitalization, should we say. So if you look at what we do now, we try and produce more content. Um, this year, we'll have 130 speakers compared to 100 last year. We're very client-focused, so we work a lot closer with other clients to build the agenda, to build the speakers, to build the delegate lists. Um, and that leads to you know significant investment from those clients if we're delivering for them, which we certainly are. Um, and yeah, I think so. A few tweaks, you know, we've brought in a few new faces with some new ideas. We've started to launch Soccer X TV, which the idea is to have, you know, a dedicated football business TV channel. 
which we'll do more on in, in 2024. Um, and multiple events was always going to be the successful or driver or key for us. So next year, I think we'll announce in the next couple of weeks that we'll be doing three events next year um, in January, June and November. Um, Miami's certain, as we know, the other two are a secret for now, but we'll, uh, we'll announce in the next week, two weeks tops, um, which is a, a game changer for us because we'll have a presence in Asia, Europe and, and the Americas for the first time in a long time. Really fantastic to have that trifecta to look forward to in 2024. Yeah. I mean, I suppose an awful lot of your day-to-day -day role as well is kind of with the big picture in mind, and that's hosting the physical event in Miami in November. I mean, what does, what are the steps that have to be taken? I mean, to host an event of that magnitude, because... I imagine like as a CEO, when you have one big set, when you have basically the other 51 weeks in a year leading up to this one week of seminal events, must be pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I think crazy is probably the, the right word. I think um, one of the, the things that we did uh, early on was was actually close our office in London. And, and a lot of people saw that as a, a kind of backward step. I didn't. Um, I saw it as a way of recruiting people from all over the world, working virtually. Um, which we've managed to do. So we've got people based in Qatar, in South Africa, in the US, uh, across Europe. Um, and that's enabled us to grow pretty quickly um, from a, a kind of new foundation perspective. You know, we've, we've trebled in size this year in terms of staff members, which is great. And we're just about to add another four or five faces to be able to deliver these events that I'm committing us to. So um, that enabled us to do a lot more. Uh, I think that when you've got an office in whatever location it is, you know, you need people within an hour or two from a commute perspective to come into the office, right? Um, COVID proved that we didn't need to do that. And, and actually our output was incredible. So the idea was to employ a lot more like-minded individuals that see it as a real labor of love. So they followed my lead. We work incredible hours. Um, we're up early speaking to our guys in the Middle East and throughout the day in the UK and Europe and then delivering in Miami very late, you know, uh, for, for those of us based in the UK. So I think... Um, going forward it will be easier for me day to day as we add to the team because i think to this point i've kind of been involved in everything which might not be healthy from a long-term perspective i've not had a holiday for a while so um misses and, and kids on my case to uh to do that but um again it's a, a real labor of love for everybody who, who's bought into the dream and the vision and um so day to day you i can be involved in anything from you know sales and marketing conversations to operations to you know, launching the TV stuff, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, it tends to get busier and busier now as we lead up to the last seven weeks or whatever it is out of the event. Um, but the good thing is it's been so well supported that most of my time now is spent on the operational delivery of the event and making sure that it's, you know, a spectacular thing to be involved with. I think like everyone else, you'd be looking forward to uh, being on the ground floor once the event occurs in November. Yeah, Um yeah, I mean, I always enjoy a couple of days after the event. So um, I'll, I'll stay on in Miami for a couple of days after. I normally disappear to another part of, of the city for a couple of days by myself. Um, and yeah, so I'll be doing that. Fantastic. And I mean, I'm certainly looking forward to getting down there as a first time attendee. I'll be at the C-Suite course. Um, I know you guys are doing in conjunction with GIS on the Monday. And then yeah. the physical event is on Tuesday and Wednesday. For first-time attendees such as myself, I mean, what would be word of, words of wisdom you'd have checking out the exhibition for the first time? Just embrace everything. Speak to as many people as possible. Um, you know, it, it's a real networking event, whether that's during the event, 
day um, with exhibitors using our networking cafe, utilizing the app to arrange meetings, which I think goes live uh, first week in October. So you can start to, you know, make contact with other, other exhibitors or delegates or people attending um, always helps because it's difficult to maximize your time over two days, uh, especially if, as lots of our attendees do, they really enjoy our social evenings as well. <laughs> That's a, a big part of what we do um, is, is the social part of it. And actually that was one of the things that I never wanted to change from, if you like, the old soccer regs, because the social evenings were always, um, they might be famous or infamous, depending on uh, how involved you might get. But um, yeah, I, I just say embrace everything, watch and listen to as much content as you can. There's some phenomenal speakers this year. Um, from some wonderful organisations from FIFA, from CONCACAF, La Liga, Syria, um, and there will be you know hundreds I haven't mentioned. But um, yeah, I'd say get there nice and early if you can. If if you're coming along to the VIP party on the 13th, you'll enjoy that. It's going to be a wonderful place called the Regatta in Coconut Grove. Um, then the day kicks off on the 14th, and it'll be an incredible couple of days. And bring some comfortable shoes would probably be my. Uh, biggest piece of advice because it's a 50,000 square feet venue um, and you'll probably visit every one of those square feet I would have thought Fantastic and I suppose before we wrap up is there any panels in question that you'd recommend checking out too? Do you know what it's been one of the things I've been most pleased about um, Austin who's our head of content we sat down months ago when looking at this and it's always very difficult to finalize an agenda because you know as the old saying goes man's meat is another man's poison right so we have to cover everything from stadium building to financing to sponsorship to performance and whatever else um this might be the first event i've looked at and thought there's not a shaky panel there um where you think well maybe that one we could move or could do without i don't think that's the case i think part of the problem might be that it might be too good in terms of we've had to cut the panel length down time-wise from 45 minutes to 30 minutes to keep everybody involved um, and to be able to cover the amount of topics that we'd like to. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't pick one or two. And I'd offend everybody else if I did anyway. So um, I'll, I'll sit on the fence there. Keeping your cards close to your chest. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <fan>. but um, <laughs> you know, as we wrap up, on the pod, uh, Patrick, I have to say, an absolute pleasure to have you on. But um, as is closing tradition, I always ask the guest for their one bit of key advice for anyone listening that's slightly bit inspired that wishes to thread a similar path. Don't be outworked. That's it. It's, it's as simple as that. I don't have an education to degree level even. Um, but at 20, 21, when I realized that I wanted to be in the commercial world, I just worked harder than most. Um, and that isn't one of those, you know, rubbish influencer type thing. I get up at 4 a.m. and I go to the gym and I have eight eggs and I, do, I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going after what you really believe in and, and just never letting it go is such a huge thing, um, you know, because you can get up at the same time as everybody else. You can have the same dreams, you can do whatever, but um if you allow yourself to be outworked, you'll never be able to to demonstrate how good you can be. Patrick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. You too. Look forward to seeing you in Miami. <laughs>